1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. Brought to you by Screen X, exclusively at Market Ridge Cinema in New Berlin. Screen X provides moviegoers with a 270-degree viewing experience. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking visuals at Marcus Ridge Cinema's Screen X in New Berlin. Get your tickets at MarcusTheaters.com. I feel like I just speak very softly to start out this segment this week. Uh, I don't know. What's, although you had a lot of time to recover. I'm, I'm out of the fetal position now. So we're yeah. Okay. Your Lions took one on the chin. Man. They did. They Man. Beat, they just, you know, they beat themselves and... That's all there is to it. Did you, uh, all right, before we get into the music stuff, did you like the aggressive play calling by Dan Campbell? Not at all. Oh, not uh, at all. Even not though that's all. the it's... same aggressive play calling that got you to that championship game, Gary. Yes, yes and no. There's, you know, there, there's a certain point, and this is where you see, you saw, I really thought that game. You, the second half, you saw the difference between an experienced team that's been there, what, five years in a row, and a young team, you know, that was new to that kind of scenario. In, in the regular season, when you're going to call, you know, make those kind of aggressive play calls, there's another game next week. Yeah. And in this game, in this game, You've got to play. You've got to be more smart than aggressive. Okay, so in real time, as you're watching the game, you were thinking, "Kick a field goal! Don't oh, go absolutely. for it!" I, even sh- I okay. may, may have even shouted it. At okay, the TV. all right, fair enough. Kick the field goal, Dan, and he yep, didn't. But he it wasn't for- just it wasn't just him. You know, there were well, drop passes, uh, missed tackles. You know, they just, fumbles. Yep, they just uh, they got they got out of their heads. You know, in the second half, and again, where we talk about experienced teams versus not experienced teams in those scenarios, they lost their composure and weren't able to regain it. But that was one of the great arguments for going for the field goals is what has your team done in the in the last whatever it was, eight or ten plays, to make you think you're going to convert? Right. So, um, But you have to feel good about uh, Ben Johnson saying, nope, I'm yeah. staying. That was nice. And you're going to run it back again next year, so. Let's hope. Let's hope. Well, you'll have all, you'll have all the great minds in place anyway. You will. You know, one of the very wise things that Dan Campbell said after, you know, in the press conference afterwards was, you know, you never know when you're coming back. You know, it's a hard, it's a hard season. Yeah, so. I think, yeah, he didn't say, well, next year we'll get him. No, he, uh-huh. he, talk, he was very... Very realistic about it. Yeah, so, you know, we'll hope for the best. We'll hope that my season tickets, which were doubled in price for next year, uh, proved to be worthwhile. Really? They doubled? Double. (laughs) Wow. One? You sniffed? I believe the play call at the line of scrimmage would be iron hot strike. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow, they sniff success for the first time in how many years? 30, 40 years? Yeah, it depends how you count it, 30 or 60-odd, you know? Dear valued season ticket holder, no, be I'm advised. a season ticket holder. I don't know if we go with the valued. Are you going to renew? Oh, yeah, we are. Okay, you're already of course, renewed. Of course. All right. Well, here's here's somebody who's not thinking about not going to the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift. Right. Everybody expects her to go uh, to the Super Bowl. And, in fact, there's this great viral clip from the West Wing, the, the old TV series, where they talked about just such a thing, not specifically for the Super Bowl and obviously not Taylor Swift, but how do you get from Japan to, you know, back to the States in, in, in a quick turnaround? 
And, you know, basically she would have to walk off stage in Japan, go right to the plane, and then fly right to Vegas, and she'll get there a little bit before kickoff, if all goes well. Well, wait, her concert is over at like 8 a.m. Saturday morning right. in Vegas. Right. How long is so, the flight from, from Japan to Las Vegas? It is something like eight hours. Okay. So, that, so yeah, so theory, I mean, theoretically, everything should work. That's not accounting for weather, you know, whatever else. So, well, she'll, have a team of pe- she'll have a team of people getting her on the plane. Oh, oh, she'll have a team a- of people on the plane with her. She'll have a team of people waiting for her when she gets to Las Vegas. She'll yeah, have the FAA jumping through hoops to, you know, <laughs> route her around anything or, you know, the National Weather Service sending bulletins oh, to yeah, the flight. Yeah, that's it. They'll have jets in the air, you know, to redirect the clouds if they have to. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, they so, will. so everyone everyone expects her to. There is actually offshore betting going on about not only will she go, but what time will she get there. And you can't do it. Vegas won't take those kind of bets. Vegas, it's all about what happens on the field. But offshore, they're betting on, on you know, on all, all things Taylor with the Super Bowl. Sure. She's made it. She has juiced up the NFL season this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's no be. denying it. To the tune of 30-some, 330-some million dollars the NFL came up with, didn't they? That's the estimate. Yeah. You know, of, you know when you take into account viewership, jersey sales, uh, you know, souvenir sales, all sorts of other things. No, she has opened. She's, called, she's brought a lot of fresh eyes and fresh participation to the league, you know, a whole body of Swifties who would, you know, who didn't give a hoot about football before this. And now they're football fans. They're obviously Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey fans. They're Jason Kelsey fans. You know, it's been a nice shot in the arm. Roger Goodell has actually scolded the rest of the league on their poor choices and girlfriends. <laughs> what have your girlfriends produced for the league? Uh, yeah. Nothing! Yeah, everybody go out. Everybody go out and date pop stars and actresses. It's pretty, you know. But but no, it has been. You know, it's been far more plus uh, for for the league, and and I think for everybody. I, I guess she had a nice exchange on the field, even with Tony Romo after the AFC Championship, because you know he had re- he's referred to her a couple times on the air as Travis Kelsey's wife. Yeah, but I guess they they fist bumped and. And you know, had that's a good not time. insulting. That's a no, shrug. Nah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is there? I see here, and I'm, I'm not tipping my hand. Brian, is there anything you wouldn't do for eighty million dollars? Anything? Yes. Okay. But the list is short. A short list. Yeah. Should we ask him what he wouldn't do? Well, <laughs> would, you know, would you get up on stage with David Byrne and the rest of the band, Talking Heads, for a reunion tour for eighty? I play with them for eighty dollars. Um, is this a tour? Know, or is this a one-off show? What the, so it came out this week. The Talking Heads were offered. Live Nation went to Talking Heads and said, "We will pay you eighty million dollars to headline six or eight festival gigs, not even in one year necessarily." But and then we and then we learned that the producers of the Coachella Festival offered Talking Heads ten million dollars to reunite for there and that would be over two weekends and the band turned it down turned both offers down how many shows is that when they say over two well they weekends? were saying they were saying six to eight you know with live nation and then coachella would be two because it's mm-hmm. over two weekends and i uh, gotta divide uh, that up four ways too and there's taxes in there and 
Yeah, so you'd walk away with what a cool fifteen million or whatever. You know, obviously production costs, this and that. But well, I would, be, if I you're would David bet David Byrne. You're not going to. It's not split evenly, is it? I don't know that that becomes part of the conversation. You know, when when you know when the band's talking about are we going to do this or not? Well, how much are we all getting? So four ways or five ways that you have to split. That? It would be four ways. Four ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a shame. You know, I mean. Kudos to them for not being, not just caving in for the money. They really don't want to play together again, so you, you have to admire that. But, boy, a lot of people would have been happy. Is there a dislike in the band for each other, or they just don't want to do it? I think the dislike is gone. There was for a while, without a doubt. But I just think they they don't want to get back into the situation that they left disliking each other. Yeah, I think they're all. I think they're all at places in their lives and careers where they're happy now, and they just they don't want to throw themselves back into the maelstrom that made them unhappy. Well, before. if they if they say yes, we'll we'll get together for whatever amount of shows it is two, six, whatever. We're counting on seeing the old show, right? The suit, yeah, all of that stuff. The the. Then you have to rehearse together and make sure things are all yeah. meshing and everything. So it's really not but I have no, I a have no, show. I have no doubt they could pull it off hmm. in the manner to which we we had become accustomed. David Byrne is working hard out there on stage oh, yeah. during that show. So can he physically pull that off anymore? Oh yeah, he He's... just did. He just did the whole American okay. Utopia thing on Broadway, which was as physical as anything he did with Talking Heads. All right. All right. So, yeah, it's a shame. It doesn't we, matter. We, they said no. We're not going to see said it anyway. No, so yeah, exactly. Uh, the dead, the dead, are going are going to like the coolest concert venue in the world. Possibly well, dead, dead and Company. No, it's not right. possible. It is now confirmed. They are going to play eighteen shows, kicking off May sixteenth at Sphere in Las Vegas. Can't wait to see the visuals that they come up with uh, for this because there are, there are so many visuals associated with the dead. I mean, they're going to make those, those little dancing bears do things you never would have expected to in that in that venue. Uh, but this is in lieu of, you know, the dead retired from touring last year, but this is not a tour. And they, they never said they wouldn't play together again. They just said they're done touring. Well, this is the antidote to touring. You know, make everybody come to you. And the deadheads will. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be doing these 18 shows. Don't be surprised if they extend that stay as well. But even when there's a residency, they have, I mean, you do like three or four shows and you take, a, what, a week or so off and then you come yeah. back. So there's other shows that are sprinkled in there, right? Right. Uh, well, no, there won't be. Okay. There will just be, they're That's just going to play Sphere. No, I mean other bands that come in. When... Oh, well, I think Sphere would like that. Yeah. You know, so far they haven't booked that, but I'm sure they're 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 sure enough trying. You know the dead. The dead won't own the building for for that month or that those five weeks. If if somebody else wants to come in and play, but so far they've not established Sphere as kind of a one night concert venue. All right. Since we're on the residence thing, Adele's going to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. This is a uh, so she's going to wrap up in Vegas in July, and then she's going to play four shows in Munich uh, during August. Uh, this is at a. It's called the Munich. Messe Arena, uh, arena. It's eighty thousand capacity, open air. We call that a stadium here. Uh, they're calling it an arena, um, but it was built especially for her. Right? Is this you know, a bunch of bleachers bolted together? I don't know. No, I think it's. I think they're building. I think it's a brick and mortar 
uh, type of so type permanent. of venue. It's and be there right, after they want she's it. gone. It, it's going to be you know much like how uh, Caesar's Palace created the Coliseum for Celine Dion, and since then has hosted a number of other artists. I think that's what they want to do with this with this venue in Munich. But Adele will be the first. She'll open it four shows again. Don't be surprised if she uh, if she winds up doing a few more. And she has said she told her crowds in Vegas that she will tour. She will actually tour for her next album. It won't just be a residency. She'll go out and hit the road. But given how long it takes her to put albums out, you know, we're talking about twenty thirty or something uh, when that's mm. going to happen. Probably not. I mean, she'll. It'll probably be sooner than that, but she claims she's going to go out and, and do a tour. I'm sure Mark Knopfler has a lot of guitars. Oh, he had he had a ton, and now he has now what? he has a now he has a ton less. Um, he had a ton a, less or one less? Uh, no, a ton less. A t- uh, okay. more than more than 120 fewer uh, guitars and amplifiers. They were auctioned off this week um, in London by Sotheby's. Uh, netted netted more than 10 million dollars American. Uh, more than eight million pounds, you know, British pounds, and that was more than was expected. Uh, Christie's handled it, and yeah, I got rid of a lot of instruments. Some of them very notable: the Gibson Les Paul that he played on "Money for Nothing," and the Brothers in Arms album, and also played at Live Aid. Um, he also had he had another uh, Les Paul standard guitar that sold for about it was about seven hundred twenty thousand dollars. That's the highest ever for that particular model. So he did quite well, and he still has plenty of guitars left. In fact, he has a new album coming out this spring, and he played some of those on them. So I think it's uh, interesting that some people like Willie Nelson have one guitar and they wear a hole out in, you know, right. in it, and others have a guitar <laughs> for you know every time oh, yeah. they turn around. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, these especially these guitar guys like a Knopfler or a Clapton or a Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, all those people, you know, they were real guitar technicians and wanted to, you know, really wanted to get, get particular sounds and particular tones and yeah. and understood the instruments enough that if you have a 1959 Gibson Les Paul standard, that's going to have a diff, made of, let's say, uh, you know, pick your wood, that's going to sound different than a 1961 model or even another 1959 model that's made of a different kind of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, and they, they, they were very particular about that. Willie just gets up there and does Willie. Yeah, well, he does it well. You brought up uh, um, 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 Les Paul, uh, who's, yes. who is from Waukesha. There's, yes. you know, we've got streets named after one him. Of the prides, There's, one of the prides right, of Wisconsin. But here, I just want to point this out again. You know who else is from Waukesha? <laughs> Okay. Uh, Donald Gerke. Right. You know what he did? I think I I, I think I don't. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he invented SpaghettiOs. Yeah. Don, oh, okay. Don Gerke. Okay. He, yeah, he invented SpaghettiOs. He doesn't have a street in Waukesha anywhere, I don't well, think. I, I, think no. there needs, I think there needs to be a campaign. <laughs> Only some local radio do they, idiots do they have any? Tra- do they have any uh, traffic circles in Waukesha? You uh, can have the Gerke Sure, they have roundabouts. Yeah, they yeah, have roundabouts. That could be really confusing traffic in Waukesha. That would be perfect. Well, yeah, there, there's that. But, yeah. Yeah. but so. there you go. That's the perfect thing to name after him. Here's the surprise of the morning. Yes. Yeah. Here's the surprise of the morning, Gary. Darius Rucker arrested. Dar- yeah. Hootie. Darius Hootie. Rucker. Yeah, so he was arrested on a couple of, uh, of drugs for drug possession at his home 
um, in, in Nashville. He was, uh, you know, police, like, apparently knocked on the door, had a search warrant, um, charged him with two counts of simple possession and casual exchange of a controlled substance and one count of violation of the state's vehicle registration law. So while they were there, they noticed his, uh, his license plate was expired. So and your plates was, are expired. <laughs> yeah, he was he was released he was released on bail. His attorney says, uh, you know, Darius Rucker's cooperating with the investigation, and we'll see where it leads. You know, Hootie and the Blowfish are going on the road this summer, so you know it, it'll be harder to do if they're front man's in the Who's Gal. But I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Well, hopefully they get that sorted out. Glenn Campbell, he has been gone for how long now? Four years. Four years since Glenn passed away. It's been even longer since we've seen him because of dementia. Yeah, and that, actually, I, I take that back. It's been six more six and a half years. He uh, he's got a new album coming out. Yeah, so this is called the Glenn Campbell Duets: Ghosts on the Canvas Sessions. Um, Ghosts on the Canvas was his last album. He released it in 2011. Now they've redone the album and added um, duets, both vocal duets and guitar duets, with. Elton John, Eric Clapton, Brian Wilson, Sting, Dolly Parton, Eric Church. There's some other folks who are going to be part of it. Comes out April 19th. These uh, came afterwards. They didn't work on the album. No, no, no. Okay. No, no these right. are basically taking the original tracks from the album and and adding these people to it. So it could be interesting. It was a really good album. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what'll happen with a Clapton playing on one of the tracks or Dolly Parton singing with Glenn Campbell. Yeah, I was going to say Glenn's a pretty good picker, but he and Eric Clapton have distinctively distinctively different yeah. styles. They could be complementary, though, and Eric Clapton certainly a mimic when he needs to be. You know, we've seen him play with other players, and he can certainly play to the other player. Sure, they could work so, it out. These are still, you know, these kind of albums are still a little creepy, but <laughs> why, you know, they, they they have the potential to be interesting. Yeah. Creepy? Why are they creepy? Oh, just, I mean, you know, they're playing with a, this wasn't, they're playing with a dead guy, Yeah. first of all, and this wasn't the way the music was envisioned or intended. Do you get creeped out when you hear Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole that singing? Was, you know, that was the one that, that, you know, popped the whole the whole lid open on this practice, and that was a little weird. What about Tear in My Beer? Um, that's Hank also a Senior and Junior. You know they do they do well if you have a good studio technician, it can it can sound natural. But when you really allow yourself yourself to think about what's going on, it's, it's that a little, guy's dead. It's, it's, a little, <laughs> it's, it's a little creepy. I'm sorry, it just, it just right. is. All right, and, uh, and it also feels extremely opportunistic. Yeah, but you know it's okay. show business. It's show business. Yeah. So opportunistic is the middle name. There. I think as long as the right people are getting paid, people who own it or the families or whatever, yeah. I, I'm fine with it. And ultimately, it's up to the fans to decide whether they want to listen to it or not. Right. Uh, let's finish up with the Grammys. Sure. Yeah, we got the Grammys this Sunday, um, seven o'clock on CBS for the main ceremony. As as I do every year, I recommend you. Go online to Grammy.com or the Recording of Academy YouTube channel to watch the premiere ceremony, which is where they give out most of the awards. It's the pre-show ceremony, and it has a much better vibe. I mean, these are the people who are just deliriously happy to win their Grammy awards. So, yeah. so definitely, you know, worth doing that. I think that starts about two. 
uh, in the afternoon. Oh, no, I can't. I got to watch Pro Bowl. Sorry. Yeah, well, you, can DVR, you can DVR the flag football. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, interest, interesting list of uh, performers this year for the Grammys. Uh, Billy, Billy Eilish, uh, Billy Joel will be there playing his new song. Uh, Burna Boy, 21 Savage, and Brandy are going to do something together. Dua Lipa, Joni Mitchell, and Brandy Carlisle together. Tracy Chapman's going to join Luke Combs to sing Fast Car. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Sizzle will be there. She has the most nominations with nine. Uh, Travis Scott, the rapper, and then they're going to cut to Sphere uh, for you too, uh, for a, for a song from them. So Trevor Noah's hosting again. He's done a, he's done a good job the last few years. Taylor Swift is expected to be there, and a lot of people are predicting she's going to be a surprise performance at the show. Yeah, she hasn't they been just predict that about her everywhere she goes. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, right. so you know, sixty-sixth annual. We'll see. We'll see who walks away with uh, with the big prizes. All right. Well, happy Groundhog's Day, Gary. Thank you. You too. Hope uh, you. I never know whether we is there a local uh, a local rodent in the Detroit area. Yeah, me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> me. They, they stand outside my garage. And come on. Come All right. All right. We got to run, Gary. All right. Have a good week. Talk to you next week, Gary Graff, Bye-bye. our music guy.